Thank you for joining us today with Newly Awakened Ministries. Awesome. All right. Well, what I would entitle this is Beyond Passover. So we just experienced last week, of course, with the play, we got to see the crucifixion of Christ. We got to see the resurrection at the end of the play where the tomb is empty. Come on, somebody give me a hallelujah, right? Amen. We have a reason to shout. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm very unglued regularly. So this is a very different Brian that you're seeing tonight with the MS happening. But I'm telling you on the inside, I'm jumping up and down because I really am a wild man for Jesus. I love him with everything. I can't sit still when I play, and so I really hate being bound by the chair, but that's going to stop in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So, beyond Passover. So we remember the skit. It was awesome. Tonight, let's talk about what happens after Passover. We know we just come out of Passover a day or so ago. Imagine the state of mind of those closest to Christ. The heartbreak, the agony of seeing him put on the cross. I mean, the beating would be bad enough. Then put on the cross, nailed, hung, bleeding, bled out, died. Still, he never cursed anybody. What did he say his last things? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Still, in his mind, is redemption. I need you to remember that because it's going to come in key at the end. He's still thinking about redemption, even when he's hung on the cross by the people who wanted to kill him. He's still, oh, they could just learn and be redeemed. That is so powerful. And so then they go to the tomb. The tomb is empty. And obviously there's some great things that happen in the next 50 days. But you got to put your mindset in those people who saw him crucified, buried. Now the tomb is empty. Obviously, we know Jesus made himself manifest, as the word says, in certain occasions. And then he returned to the Father. I want to talk about a few of those occasions, but I just want us to get a mindset. There still had to be despair. I mean, this is your best friend. You just did three years walking earth with the Son of God, watching signs, wonders, and miracles happen. Then they start to happen in your life. Incredible things are happening. All of a sudden, he's gone. Your best friend, your savior, all of a sudden, he's not there. You know it sets in. And this is the this is our, our mind starting to kick in because the word says that our body, our flesh has enmity against the things of God. We'll hit that in a second. But I just want you to get kind of in that mindset. So first thing I want to establish is the authority of God. So before we get to anything else about beyond Passover, we need to understand the authority of God. Amen. So we're going to go to John chapter one, verse one, the very beginning. First was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I'm going to read a little bit of it just because it's so good. In the beginning, before all time, I'm reading out the Amplified was the word Christ and the word was with God and the word was God himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him and without him was not even one thing made that was coming to being. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines on in the darkness for the darkness has never, hear that, never 
overpowered it, put it out, absorbed it, or appropriated it, and is unreceptive to it. Hallelujah, somebody come on. Amen. Come on, right? You starting to get pumped? Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, we skip down, skip, (laughs) skip down to verse 14. In the Word... And it amplified it saying Christ, because we know that Jesus was the Word made flesh. And the Word Christ became flesh, human, incarnate, and tabernacle, fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us, and we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as an only begotten Son receives from his Father, full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. So here we have the word now dwelling among us in the form of Jesus. Chronologically, has anybody got a chronological Bible? Has anybody heard of a chronological Bible? It basically puts it in order of occurrence of the word. Technically, the first verse in a chronological Bible is John 1.1. First it was the word. And the word was God and the word was with God. So that's the very beginning. And in, in you, if you read down in that, it says, and the word was with God, even in the beginning was the word. So here's Jesus Christ, the word, because he's the word become flesh. So here's Jesus with God all in the very beginning. That's just so powerful in and of itself. But I wanted to share this. I want to discuss the intimacy of the relationship with God, Adam and Eve. Before we get into beyond Passover, I promise I'm going to try and make this fast. My wife laughs because she said that doesn't exist in my vocabulary, but I really am going to try and be fast. (laughs) So, let's talk about the intimacy between God, Adam, and Eve. God handcrafted Adam. He handcrafted him. Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath or spirit of life, and the man became a living being. Hallelujah. Eventually, time came, everything was created, all the animals. God seen in his heart, hallelujah, that man needed a helper. Probably because man, you know, we're just typically not on the emotional side of things. We're just doers. But somebody's got to be a planner. Now, some men are planners, so I'm not busting anybody's chops, but I'm busting my own. I'm not the planner. I'm by fly by the seat of my pants or hallelujah, let's just go get it done. Hallelujah. Hey, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Meanwhile, there's planners. Hallelujah. So the Lord decided man needed a helper. And here comes Eve. So he put Adam in a deep sleep, took out a rib, handcrafted Eve. So he knows every in and out. Now look at the difference. He formed man out of dust. Pressure. Aggressive. Woman. Handcrafted finesse. See the difference now how we're created. Like a positive and a positive usually repel each other. A positive and a negative attract or made different, but he made it that way for a purpose that we could be one in him. Amen. Hallelujah. So here's Adam and Eve walking with the Lord. If you want the scripture for Eve being formed, that is Genesis 2.22. Life as they knew it in those times to Adam and Eve, life consists of walking with God. They got up and they walked with God. Can you imagine that mindset every day? Hey, yo God, what up? I mean, they were on their own speaking terms. I'm sure they had their own little things they were doing. And they're hand in hand walking with the Lord. I mean, I just can't even imagine. 
I can't imagine how awesome that would be. There's no need for anything else. Then we know what happened. Eve, the helper, deceived Adam. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're not going down that road. Adam was right there. He just wasn't talking much. Why? Because, you know, she was wearing her pants, obviously, at this point in time. I'm sorry. I'm teasing. Listen, the Lord held Adam accountable because he was the one that's supposed to be the head of the house, and he failed. He didn't mention one thing. He was standing there with her, and they ate. And they sinned and it betrayed the Lord. And so we know what happens. They were cast out. Now, um, that was a deceptive word that the enemy used in that moment to tempt them. That's Genesis 3, verse 4 and 5. Let's go there real quick. Because I want you to see how he says it. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. So he's manipulating. You will not surely die. You'll just be like him. He doesn't want you to know that. Do you see how our mind, our flesh has enmity against the things of God? Because we always want to elevate. Could it have been out of an innocent desire to be closer to God? Possibly a little bitty tiny minister molecule of desire. I mean, they're walking with God every day. That is their life. They live with Him. But they still got this little deceptive whisper in their ear. Oh, you'll not surely die. You'll just be like Him. And I'm sure He played all kinds of pieces. Just imagine. You can ask him a question, but you already know. Because now you've eaten of the tree of the good of knowledge, and evil, uh, knowledge of good and evil. So you're going to know already. Well, we know that they were guilty. Why? What did they do as soon as they ate? Covered themselves. Guilt, shame, condemnation instantly came on them. Not because of what the Lord did. Not because of what the Word says. Because all of a sudden they knew the Word. And they knew the consequences of, and the result of the action. The reason I was saying, walking with the Lord, imagine now. I want to tell you how much grace and agape love the Lord had for man when he created Adam and Eve. That they were designed, one, in his image, and two, on the inside, the cells. This is actually a scientific reality. The cells of the human body are held together by a glue that is made up of a three-chain protein molecule. That molecule is called laminin. You put it under a microscope, it looks like a cross. Now get this. There was no fall. God formed man from the dust of the earth. Holding his skin cells together was redemption of the cross. And there was not even a need for redemption. Do you see that he knows the beginning from the end? Come on, somebody need to give a shout right there. Glory! Hallelujah! How he set us up from victory from the beginning, already knowing what was going to happen, he still planned that we could be redeemed. Glory. Hallelujah. 
So the Lord works by principles. And I, you've probably heard this a lot. This, this house is definitely a house of the word. He basically, they could eat every tree. He just had one stipulation, not this tree. Now, I'm not saying it was a tithe as in one-tenth of a tree, and this was one, because there's only ten. I'm saying the principle, you can have everything but this is mine. This is how much he loved man. That when they ate of the knowledge, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he cast them out of the garden because he loved them. Well, how can you get cast out if he loves you? What would have happened in the fallen state had they ate of the tree of life, which they were allowed to eat of? You could never have been redeemed. Think about that. We're like, man, they kick him out. They're walking every day and then just, and they're out. His love for them separated them from him. His desire wasn't to show he was strong man. His desire was, no, I already knew this because I formed them with a sign of redemption that's holding them together and I'm going to block the fruit of the tree of life so that they can one day be redeemed and come back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to skip over a couple things here just so I can make this fast. All right, here we go. How old was Adam? 930 years. You can find that Genesis 5.5. Why do I say that? Because the word says what? The day you eat of it, you'll surely die. Isn't that what the Lord said? The day you eat of this tree, you'll surely die. Everybody's like, oh, they spiritually died. They did spiritually die. But... Does the word not also say in 2 Peter 3, 8 that a day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day? They're on God's time when they're in the garden. They're separated from God. They're on man's time. Now a day is like a thousand years. How old was Adam? 930. Is that less than a day? Did they not surely die within the day they ate? Is that crazy? I mean, that's pretty deep. He so set us up that we could have success through Jesus, who we know is the Word made flesh, so He was there in the beginning. He already knew even before there was a need for redemption. They foreshadowed it by holding us together with Laminin that we would have redemption in us already if we would call out to Him and receive what He's already made available. That is just so heavy to me. Thank you, Jesus, for sending angels to keep man from eating from the tree of life that we could truly have redemption in you. All that background just to establish a baseline first of God's power and authority. And second was to show you his love for us. That's the whole backstory of all that stuff. Now we're going to start to maybe with a few rabbit trails get into the meat. Adam was a man that betrayed his relationship with God. Humanity needed another Adam that when betrayed by man could redeem humanity. The problem is man cannot redeem man. 
but Jesus becoming flesh on earth, like we just read, John 1, 14, the second Adam could redeem man. See, man had to die for man's sin in order that man could be redeemed, but man didn't have that capability. But God the Father did send his son to become man. Now man, betrayed by Judas, Jesus being the man, betrayed by Judas, Jesus could go to the cross, pay the price that we could truly now begin to walk in that redemption. How powerful is that of revelation? To know that he worked all these pieces in all these years just to set up that we, you and me, could choose him. He paid that price and we didn't even have to choose him. He still would have paid the price. If it was for one, he still would have paid the price. That's so big. That's so big. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So... Obviously, if you if you want to talk about Jesus being a second Adam, you can refer to it in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 45 to 49. I'll go ahead and read it. Thus it is written, the first Adam became a living being, an individual personality. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. But it is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical and then the spiritual. The first man was from out of earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven. Now those who are made of dust are like him who was first made of the dust. And as is from heaven, so also those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we. And so let us also bear the image of the man of heaven. Hallelujah. That's heavy. Also, you can find it 1 Corinthians 15, a few verses earlier, 21, 22. For since it was through a man that death came into the world, it is also through a man that the resurrection of the dead has come. For just as because of their union of nature and Adam all people die, so also shall all in Christ be made alive. Hallelujah. A man had to die to redeem man. That man is Jesus. Amen. Amen. People want to argue about Jesus. Who has stopped time dead in his tracks? Jesus, who restarted time dead, who started it straight up from being dead. Jesus, Jesus, not Muhammad, not Gandhi, not anybody else, only Jesus. There is a B.C. and an A.D. There is no in-between. It is Jesus, 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 period. He's the only one that has the authority. Amen? So, because of that separation, there had to be a bridge, a bridge of reconciliation. Jesus is that bridge. We are fallen... In our fleshly nature, no matter how good you are, the Bible says, and this is what I was talking about earlier, flesh fights against the things of God. Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 9, out of the Amplified. That is because the mind of the flesh, with its carnal thoughts and purposes, is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law, indeed it cannot. So then those who are living the life of the flesh... Catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature cannot please or satisfy or be acceptable to him. But you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, he directs and controls you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit, he is none of his. 
He does not belong to Christ. He's not truly a child of God. I mean, that's just heavy truth. So here we go. We pass through Passover. We learn about the crucifixion. Learn about the resurrection and our redemption. Amen. Heartbreak sets in, but God, somebody come on, say, but God. Come on, but God. Get a little bit excited, but God. He made a way. Amen. Hallelujah. The tomb is empty and Jesus is right back there in the back with us tonight. Glory. Hallelujah. For the people who can't see, that's the actor who played Jesus in our Easter skit. I'm just playing jokes, so don't shoot me down. <laughs> and so this is where we find ourselves. We're in the in-between times, but I got good news. Look at your neighbor say power. power. Oh, you know what that, that sounds like? Power. How about power? Power! We're talking dunamis power. Acts 1-8 dunamis. That's dynamite-like. So with a little bit of dynamite expression, let's hear power one more time. We count it. Three, two, one. Power! Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So... Jesus, in this in-between time, when right up leading to and after, he is trying to build them up on the faith that they have just walked out for two to three years. So even at the Last Supper, before the crucifixion, he, there's little seeds. If you go back and read John, there's little seeds where he's just bringing back everything he's taught them, things they need to do, challenges, what they need to do going forward, all the way to you read the end of John and the end of Mark and the end of Matthew and the end of Luke, where it starts talking about the Great Commission. He is setting them up because he needs them to go carry on. See, the death and the resurrection wasn't the end. Really, it was the beginning. Yeah. Amen. I love this. I wanted to bring a prop, but I didn't have anywhere where I could stretch out a 27-foot rope. So just imagine this rope that my wife is holding on to right there. And it goes all the way around in pews. So imagine that stretched out. And you see that little knot right there? It looks like it's probably about four inches long. That is our lifespan in the scope of eternity. But yet we're so worried about what we get to do in that little tiny four inch segment of the string. He just wants us to love him loud, love our neighbor as ourselves, and then what in the Great Commission? Go and make disciples. Not anything else. We're so worried. What if I miss out on my time? Look how much time you have. It's just that little itsy bit of time. This is by Francis Chan. You can look it up on YouTube. It's a great teaching, actually. Um, very powerful. We get so caught up in, well, I'll do it when the time is right. Or I'll give you my full devotion when the time is right. The time is right now. Nobody is guaranteed their next breath. Amen? We've got to make the decision now that we're going to live for him and live for him loud. It's not always going to be smooth. There's going to be bumps in the road. But he will always, always, always be by your side. The word says he'll never leave you or forsake you. He is a lifelong companion as long as you serve him and honor him. 
Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Three things. I keep saying three. I'm going to do four main points. One, the word has the final word. Somebody say, come on. The word has the final word. Hallelujah. I'm going to read um, Proverbs 16.1 out of the Legacy Standard Bible because I like their translation. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from Yahweh. Amen. Come on. The, the English Standard Version says the word has the final say. The contemporary English Version, we humans make plans, but the Lord has the final word. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. We're going to read John chapter 12 few verses here, verse 44 to 50. Now Jesus cried out and said, the one who believes in me does not believe only in me, but also in him who sent me. And the one who sees me sees him who sent me. And I have come as light into the world so that no one who believes in me will remain in darkness. Thank you, Father. If anyone hears my teaching and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not accept my teaching has one who judges him. The word which I spoke that will judge him on the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. And if you want to know about his commandment being eternal life, you can go to John 6, verse 68. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So even you see the disciples understand his words are the ultimate authority. Amen. Hallelujah. So we, you know what? The word has a final word. There is no more prominent time in my life to this point that we need to know the word than we need to know the word right now. Because there's stuff going to come against you. If you have the word, you can stand and the rest doesn't matter. You just say what the word says. It might not feel like it. It might not look like it. But what does the word say? Because honestly, how we feel and maybe a diagnosis that we receive, that is a temporary truth. It's just a fact. Facts change all the time. Oh, the Reds were undefeated. No, I don't think that's ever happened. Sentence already false. But see what I'm saying? You can have a fact. Oh, here's the greatest champion ever. And then along comes another. And then they're now the greatest in, in some kind of a sport. But a truth of the word of the Lord is eternal. It doesn't change. It doesn't waver. It doesn't lose power. Come on. The word has a final say. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Second point. Love. Y'all should be like, oh, right now. Come on. I mean, you know what? This is, this is, this is how people know who we are. This is how they know that we're his. By our loved one for another. Hands down, it's not about how good you pray. It's not about how nice you dress. It is your love one for another. 
And you know what? We can't love them if we don't first love Him. If we're sold out, S-O-U-L-E-D, we'll be sold out, S-O-L-D, to Him all the way. But we've got to put everything on Him. Amen? John 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. It's the same thing in Matthew 22, verses 37 39. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great, most important principle in first commandment. And second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. These two commandments sum up and upon them depend all the law and the prophets. It's everything. So we got the word has a final say. Amen. And we got love. We got love. Amen. If you want more scriptures, I'll, I'll hand them to you. You can read them. John 15, 12, 1 John 2, verse 7. I want to go to that one, actually. 1 John 2, verse 7. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the message which you have heard, the doctrine of salvation through Christ. Yes, I am writing you a new commandment which is true, is realized in him and in you because the darkness has cleared away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and it, in it or in him there is no occasion for stumbling or cause or error of sin. We have got to love. It doesn't matter if they're condemning you. It doesn't matter if they're cussing. Listen, sticks and stones may, hate, may break my bones, but words may never, will never hurt me. Isn't that how it goes, the old rhyme? How come words are killing everybody nowadays? We're letting words like beat us down. We can't walk. We can't operate. We're depressed. Oh my goodness. It's so crazy. Sticks and stones my vapor. I won't may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. We have got to understand what he says we are. See, what it really comes down to is identity theft. We're getting there. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. All right. Verse three. Woohoo! Number three, not verse three. Press on, push forward, continue on. This is a long one. This is in John 15. It's 1 through 27. I'm not going to read it all, but I'll kind of give you a rundown. It's basically, it starts out like this and you'll know where it goes. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch of me that does not bear fruit, he cuts away and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. 
You, I mean, the whole chapter, it's amazing. It just tells the truth. Where are we individually, personally? Do we know of him? Because we say a prayer, we communicate, we sing a song. Or do we know him because of relationship? There is a difference. I'm telling you, we're living in a time right now where the body better know the difference and better be living relationship love. We have to. It is way too easy to get caught up in the chaos and the confusion. We already know our mind, our flesh, our body has enmity against the things of the Lord. So how easy would it be to just step over that line for just a moment? The problem is you do it once. I'm sorry, Lord. Then it comes up, you do it again. The more you do it, the less likely you are to come back and sell out. We've got to stand guard. We've got to build a wall of defense. Amen. Amen. We've got to be in the word and we've got to walk in love. If we can do them first two things, a whole lot of the other stuff will iron itself out. If we can love him, absolute above everything. Desire him even beyond a personal desire. And love our neighbor as ourself. That would probably solve 75%. I mean, that's just my percentage. It, it probably is higher than that, honestly. But you get what I'm saying. It's the word. We've, we've got to abide by the word. Push on. Press forward. No matter what. Just keep doing, keep doing, keep going, keep going. We all know about the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19. He wants us to go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We've got to propagate, propagate and replicate the word. That's what authentic discipleship is. It's not, let me take a class. You're in a class, you had a few sessions. Okay, now you're a disciple, then you have nothing to do. Discipleship, honestly, I think is more like family. Jesus modeled it with the 12. They did everything together. It was a life partnership of relationship. Yes, they were sent out. They went and did their things, yes. But there's still got to be that community. (coughs) Excuse me. There's got to be that community. Amen? Amen. How many knows when we come together in unity? What's the word say? One can set a thousand, two can set ten thousand. There's so much power in unity. Supernatural ability in unity. This is a little nugget I want to drop on you. This is the first time in history. President Donald Trump, number 45, actually just had a prayer call. How many pastors do you think was on that prayer call? 200,000. 200,000. And I'm not saying he's perfect and it's all about him. I'm just saying, you know what? That was the man who got it picked at that time to be the president and to know that we're supposed to pray for our president. Even Biden should be having prayer of the saints and we probably see things start to turn around really quick. But we get so offended by how they come against the things that are are godly that we oftentimes just decide to not pray for him and pray about the issues that are happening. How about we go to the root and we pray for the man who's causing the lot? He needs direction just like everybody else. We've got to pray. I thought it was amazing to know there's 200,000 pastors on a line praying 
for a president. That is amazing to me. And this is my favorite one. Number four, the comforter. I'm talking about what's coming 50 days after resurrection, the day of Pentecost, the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's just read some of this one. John chapter 16, go start in verse 5. Hey, Shannon, can you get me, can you? Yeah. I was going to take a drink real quick. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Verse 5. But now I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous <coughs> for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And when he comes, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration. Can you look at your neighbor and say demonstration? Demonstration about sin and about righteousness and about judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. They don't trust and rely on and adhere to me. About righteousness, the uprightness of heart and right standing with God, because I go to my Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler, the evil genius, prince of this world, Satan, is judged and condemned and sentenced already is passed upon him. I have still many things to say to you, but you're unable to bear them or take them upon you or to grasp them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak his own message, but he will tell whatever he hears the father. He will give the message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come. He will honor and glorify me because he will take of what is mine and reveal it to you. Everything that the father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that he will take the things that are mine and reveal to you. In a little while, you will no longer see me. And again, after a short while, you will see me. So we got this story about the helper. Excuse me, sorry. We need the Holy Spirit. We need Him so vibrant, so on tap. You know, it's kind of like the bat phone. Yeah, everybody watch the old Batman. Got the little red phone. Ring, ring. Bam, direct line right to the governor. Gotham City. It's a hotline to Jesus. We need to have the Holy Spirit. I mean, it kind of is Jesus. It's a three in one. I mean, you can't explain that, but you know where I'm going. It is the power. I'm going to show you a couple things in the book of Acts about the power, just because it's phenomenal. So we've got to know that the word 
has the final say. We've got to love God, love our neighbor as ourselves. We've got to push forward, press on, and we need the comforter. So here's three questions that we need to think on. <coughs> My goodness. Calling, purpose, identity. What is your calling? You know what? Today, people, that is like their biggest thing. I need help finding my calling. I need to know what my purpose is. What is my identity? Well, let's find what it would say that that is for us in the Word. Matthew 28, 19, obviously, we know right away what's our calling. We're to know and live the Word and then replicate it, right? Go and create disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are to be... Disciple makers. We are to be people who love people. That is who we're called to do. He called us. He picked us. He commissioned us. And he sent us. Our purpose. We talked about it earlier. The second big thing. Love God. Love one another. Matthew 22. Our identity. And this one I love. Our identity needs to not be our job title. Come on, somebody. It's not about, are you a great pastor? Can you play the bass? It's not about, I'm a programmer. It's not about, I'm a security expert. And as absolutely incredible as Richard is as a sound man, it's not about being an incredible sound man. Come on. Amen. Amen. Our identity is him. So I, I submit this to you. What of our identity is to be Jesus with skin on? What would the world look like today if we were Jesus with skin on? What would our job site look like? What would our church look like? Come on, right? Hallelujah. We're supposed to be the New Testament church, a work of action. None of me, all of him. We've got it wrong so many times. We're always like, less of me, more of you. How about none of me and all of you? Amen. Amen. None of me. Because we already know that enmity has flesh against the things of the Lord. So none of me, God. None of me, but all of you. In that heated situation with a co-worker, Lord, not of me, all of you. We've got to get to a place where we can see past what is in our physical eyesight and see in the spiritual realm. That's the only way we can truly be Jesus with skin on. We've got to look at things in a spiritual manner according to what the Word says, not what we physically see manifested in front of us. Come on. God, the enemy wants to shut me down. Sorry, pal. You're out of luck. Glory. We are to walk with signs and wonders and miracles in our wake. Philippians 4.13 is my favorite scripture. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Um, But let's do this. I'm going to have you go ahead and come up, Alicia. Play some very radical warfare music. (laughs) Play whatever. <laughs> play whatever you want to play. 
Ambassador Daniel Moore won't come bust an acoustic lead out of it. would be great. March 16 17. Now I'm going to have to put this one up. And these attesting signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new languages. They will pick up serpents, and even if they drink and think deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will get well. Now listen to this next verse. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken, <laughs> taken up into heaven, sat down on the right hand of God. Now that's an exit. <laughs> right? But how come the church has it backwards? I'm not saying Clarksville First Assembly. The body of Christ, 90% has backwards. We heal people, pray for healing. Some branches of church and denominations pray in tongues. Probably 5% cast out demons. What's the word say? What's the first thing? Verse 17. In my name, they will drive out demons. Period. They will speak in new languages. Well, that's awesome. We got that down. We know about the serpents and everybody, you know, snake handler church, snake handler church. Well, you know what? Bring them on. According to the word, that's not an issue for us. Come on. We're just got to be by the word. I'm not saying let's bring in snakes and do it just to show people. We got to be smart. But you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. The word does. <laughs> Jesus said, you can have my snake under my feet. That's where he's getting crushed. Hallelujah. <laughs> he didn't. Just the actor. Hallelujah. And they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll get well. Now, hang on a second. Now, listen. And they will lay their hands on the sick, and they'll sometimes get well. No. They will get well. They will get well. Now, it's real easy for us to explain away, well, maybe your faith wasn't big enough, brother, because here I am standing up here preaching with MS, can't feel nothing on my right side, can't, can't walk without assistance. I don't even know how I play bass. That's the Lord because I can't feel this hand. So I don't know if I'm playing. I can't tell if I'm touching strings. It's the wackiest thing, but the Lord knows. The deal is I can dwell on that or I can come out here. I can pour out my heart. and I can just preach what the word says. It's all about the word. And I love you, brother. And I love your knowledge of the word. And I love that you teach the word with authority and with power. And I'm so thankful to have met you. My life is better because of it. You are blessed, church. You are blessed in this house. We've got to get to a place where we understand there is importance when he says in an order. Just like if he repeats himself, you got to pay attention. But in this verse, and you can go to, um, it's wild because you go to other gospels and it doesn't mention exactly this. 
but you go in this one and it's like, bam, straight up. And then he leaves. So we've got to know, one, what our calling is. We've got to know what our purpose is. And we've got to know what our identity is. And I say our identity is in Christ. He formed us in his image. He put redemption on the inside of us to make us have cells that are held together by a copy. I'm telling you, if you look up laminin, they have pictures on a microscope. And that three protein molecule looks like a cross. It holds us together. The glue that holds us together is the cross. That is so heavy. How can you go wrong? How how can we not tell somebody about Jesus? Knowing what he's done for us. Knowing all the steps, everything he went through to set us free. So I'm not saying we're going to do a big mass deliverance service right now. I just challenge you. Just get into the word and know that you have authority in him. He demonstrated authority. He walked authority. He became flesh, dwelt among us, submitted to the local authority so that he could take all authority and bring redemption through salvation. That is super huge. Father, we give you glory and honor and praise. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the Holy Ghost, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you designed us in your image, that you give us a commission and a calling and a purpose in your word. Lord, that you have fashioned us to go forth and make disciples and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you that you've given us authority over every unclean spirit. Lord, you have commanded us to drive out demons. Father, I thank you, Lord. This is not a situation of possession or oppression. This is about demonized or not. I I just, Father, we just give you glory and honor and I pray that you would empower your body to begin to operate according to Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Lord, that those signs would follow everyone that would believe, that we would demonstrate the power of the gospel by having the characteristics of the gospel according to what you said. In Jesus' name. There's a couple things I was thinking when I was praying for tonight. I heard unforgiveness. I heard unforgiveness and depression. Now listen. I'm not saying that every disease is a demon. I want you to understand, I'm not saying you have a demon because you're sick. I have MS. I was diagnosed with MS. I don't have it. It's not mine. I don't claim it. But I was diagnosed with it, and I have the symptoms. I went to a deliverance service because I needed to know, God, is there something hidden in me that I don't know about? I want to be clean. I didn't have a demon. So I know this is a medical issue. There's people with medical issues. But I think there's a reason that he would say in Mark 16... The first thing was cast out demons. You know why? Because there are a lot of infirmities that are because of a demon. So you get people free, and then that demon is hiding, and it comes right back and they're just still sick. 
But if you cast out a demon that's causing the infirmity, the infirmity is going and now they can have true healing and be restored. Amen. So we've got to change our mindset. We've got to not be afraid. He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. Amen. He called us. He commissioned us. He empowered us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. There's all kinds of trainings you can do. I'm not saying it has to be this way, that way. I'm just saying be open to hearing the still, small voice of the Lord to minister in whatever the need is. Father, if there's unforgiveness in the heart of anyone that's in this room, Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name, that you would reveal the root of that unforgiveness, Father, and you would allow them to step into total repentance and forgiveness of whoever that person and whatever that situation. Lord, that they truly would forgive, that they could step into clean, redeemed life with you, Father. Lord, if it is the Spirit, I pray even now, Father, just begin to manifest in Jesus' name. We just break it right now. We break its hold. We say unforgiveness. You're a trespasser, and you're not allowed to operate in the body of Christ. We command you to be broken and to come off in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We give you glory and honor, Father. Lord, I pray against depression right now. If, if you are depressed, there is such a hope in Christ. There is such hope in the redemption of who He is. He paid the ultimate price that you could have relationship and fellowship with Him. Father, I break that depression right now in Jesus' name. And I command clear mind to come forth. Clear thoughts to come forth in Jesus' name. Father, if it's a spirit up and out right now in Jesus' name, you're not allowed no more trespassing on the body. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Lord, I just release healing in this house, even right now. Lord, let the crippled man stand and declare healing and watch it manifest according to your word. Father, we speak the word of faith. Lord, it's not about do you want to. You always want to. So, Father, we make ourselves available to receive. And, Lord, we come to you broken and humble. And we give you honor, Father. Abba, pour out your healing power even now on everybody in Jesus' name from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Lord, that supernaturally, even the doctors would be bewildered and confused at the miracle in Jesus' name, supernaturally. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that this house will become a house of deliverance, a house of redemption, a house of salvation, a house of healing. Lord, that multitudes would run in to be saved, Father. Not just walk, but it would be packed to the gills, Lord, with people just wanting to hear the word that comes across this platform and across this pastor and the people that speak here. Lord, I pray supernaturally you would infuse Holy Spirit into every piece of the atmosphere. Lord, that people would come in and be arrested immediately when they pull into the parking lot and know that something is peculiar. Lord, we give you honor and praise. We thank you for your word. Do what only you can do, Lord. 
do it again, do it again, do it again. Do it again. In Jesus' name, amen. Can everybody do a hallelujah? I mean on three, a really, really loud one. Because Nicodemus got it going on right up here. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Glory! Glory! Thank you all so much. Thank you for the privilege of coming and speaking. Be energized, empowered, supercharged by the word. Go out there and love somebody to Jesus. Amen. God bless you all. Pastor, it's all yours. <laughs> Hallelujah. Take us out, sis. Play something, whatever you want. Don't you appreciate her? Amen. And Brother Richard. Amen. And Andrew. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to this week's Fuel the Flame from Newly Awakened Ministries. You can follow Newly Awakened Ministries on Facebook and Instagram. You can also connect with us through newlyawakenedministries.com.